Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today... On a very special Wednesday with his team down 0-2, but his team in the NLCS. It's the mayor of PHNX Sports, AJ Pierzynski's new best friend, Derek Montillo. What's up, buddy? Please don't give Jonathan Papelbaum my personal information, but hello, everybody. I'm here, and uh, it's great to be here, of course. Uh, it's also hard hard to focus on, on the positives of the things you said there after <laughs> the drumming the Diamondbacks suffered last night, but... Uh, we're, we're getting over it. A little Tylenol today. Uh, help you get through it. Yeah, we'll talk plenty about the NLCS, a little bit about the ALCS. That's the only game going on tonight. A lot of Rockies news we'll get to in a second. Your appearance on foul territory. Uh, we were hoping to, of course, see you alongside Ken Rosenthal. But again, the budget mm-hmm. is only so much. Yeah. You do need to keep you know two luminaries apart because when those kind of mega powers collide, it's too much. So I'm, I'm glad you got on and Ken... Got a well-deserved night off. Ken and I have beef still over the whole bow tie thing. He kind of stole that from me. And that was your gimmick. gimmick. It was my gimmick at one point, but it's he, all right. He can have it now. He knows that. He knows that. All right, big news for the Rockies. Finalists have been announced for the Gold Glove Award. Rawlings Gold Glove Award finalist. And Ryan McMahon is there for a third year in a row at third base, along with Austin Riley and Cabrian Hayes, which means... Nolan Arenado's streak of 10 consecutive Gold Glove Awards to start his career, something that uh, uh, was a record that he had tied with Ichiro Suzuki. And he's got the last six Platinum Gold Glove Awards. That's done. Gotta let this go, Patrick. The end. You gotta get over this. You gotta, get, you gotta let him go. Just gotta let him go. Yeah, I, I might not have focused on Ryan McMahon as much as the <laughs> Nolan Arenado. Bigger picture stuff. Just just bigger picture things. It's just yeah. interesting that I figured that maybe he would have snuck his way in. I think voters, and really we're just talking about coaches and managers who, who vote uh, on this. That's at least one of the components. They, they're not doing their job as much, but I think we, we got some better defensive metrics. And when you look at those defensive metrics, Nolan Arenado was nowhere near. If you're just going from memory, you go... I'm going to say Nolan Arenado, and you're going to feel good about it. And no one's really going to challenge you all that yeah. much because he's kept doing it. But Ryan McMahon, 30 in a row, he's got a shot. He's he's played better than Austin Riley. Cabrian Hayes might be the favorite. We'll break this down a little bit further as we go forward. But good for Ryan McMahon. Arenado might be a reflection of the fact that the Cardinals have been so bad all year long. I can't. I, I can only yeah. imagine how hard it is for uh, a player. And it's not like Arenado didn't have you know some down years. Uh, with with Colorado, obviously. I mean, you guys have had your ups and downs just like we have in Arizona. But it really felt like, uh, you know, the Cardinals were out of it since April somehow, right? So, like, I don't know how easy it is to stay engaged, you know, all season long for 162 games and be at your defensive best uh, when, you know, your team's that bad for that long and you really just haven't had a chance, you know. But the the NL did get crazy enough that it felt like any team had a chance there. Uh, to make it into the playoffs at, at one point, like in July, it felt like every single game was every single team was five games out of the the wild card spot. Well, nearly, except one. Nearly every team. Yeah, Thanks, no, appreciate that. I'm, that's what I'm here for. Why did I invite him on? Uh, mostly Big Brother, Jacob? Little Brother stuff. I don't know. I I'm from. I, I know I'm older than you, so I would have to say Big Brother stuff. The, but uh, it's the just vibes mostly. are way different than on the PHNX. Like mm-hmm. I'm, and again, I'm I'm yeah, doing the supportive thing. Yeah, and you you're are. doing the you glasses. Are. Tylenol. Look, it's uh, it was a long night. It bacon, was a long egg, and night. cheese. You were also there. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Yes, the uh, studio. Five seconds like before we go live. Bacon, egg, and cheese, but that's not my fault. Ryan Actually, McMahon's seven defensive run saves tied for the ninth most among all big leaguers. Second most among any third baseman is 2.1 defensive wins above replacement. Tied for seventh best in the National League. While a 6.1 total DUR since 2021, uh, his first year of, of becoming a finalist, is third highest in the major. So, there's a case. There's a case to be made Absolutely. that the, the gold glove is coming back to Colorado. 
Nolan Arenado is not, but the Gold Glove Award at third base is going to Ezekiel Tovar. Rookie season, boom. He is a finalist for the Rawlings Gold Glove Award, along with Dansby Swanson and Francisco Lindor. Tovar, I think in any other year, probably would get it. it it's going to be interesting to see how you know, the voting shakes out a little bit because he's the new kid on the scene and Swanson's been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Swanson's numbers are just a little bit better, so... I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen for him, but it's great that he's a finalist. There's also a problem with recognition, and I think it's something that we suffer from in Arizona too, right? Like mm-hmm. there are guys that like Ryan McMahon that have been quietly doing it for years. Christian Walker for us at first base is one of those guys. And at times his name does not get no. put out there as one of the best first basemen in the National League. And it's almost an insult because you look at his defensive metrics and his defensive run saved most of the time lead lead the league. Uh, so sometimes they lead all of baseball, right? So uh, it's, it's one of those things that it, it does feel like Sometimes if our same players that played for the Rockies, played for the Diamondbacks, were playing, putting up these same numbers for a team that just got a little bit more attention, that these these awards would probably be a lock, you know, in, in some cases. Yeah, no, there's something to that. Susie had said at the beginning of the year when we were talking, making our Rookie of the Year award picks, that, you know, Ezekiel Tovar is going to have to do a lot to, you know, overcome some things, even, even a lot to overcome a guy like Corbin Carroll, who yep. was a name that I think people knew a lot more yeah. than Ezekiel Tovar nationally. So that gave Carroll a little bit of an edge. And so, it, you know, he'll, he'll probably be a unanimous. I, I don't even know choice. how that happened, to be honest, yeah. but it's really cool. You know what I mean? Like Corbin, Corbin Carroll wasn't a number one draft pick or anything like that. There wasn't all of this pressure on him. A lot of teams actually passed on him. And, you know, honestly, it's, it's cool that he became a name because, like I said, it's difficult at times for you know teams in our kind of market, especially with those bigger teams in, in our division kind of overshadowing us a bit to, to get that recognition. That absolutely can be the case. So we got to talk about the National League Championship Series. That's why we? we're that's we're all down here for. Yeah, I, I know uh, Diamondbacks are down 2-0. They lost yeah. 10-0 in game two last night. Some would say it was a KO. And Phillies fans would just say it's A-OK. See, see the thumbnail? It makes sense. That's yeah, why you got to listen gotta, to the show. Yeah, that's why you got to get here. You got to get to the meat of it. We said the name <laughs> of the movie in the movie. Um, yeah, no. Last night definitely felt like a knockout. Uh, you know, of course, you, you have a lot of baseball left to play. They've won two games, and they've done theoretically exactly what they were supposed to do. They held court. They, they, they won at home, which they have a huge home field advantage. I, I mean, I'll say this. There's a lot of talk about like what Chase Field is going to look like. I mm-hmm. also don't like the idea of there being so many tickets available right now. $13 uh, to get game. through the door. 13 I bucks. Uh, I, uh, yeah. What? Like, there's a lot of talk about that. And I mean, I don't know if that's going to hold up. This wasn't the case for game three of the National League Division Series against the Dodgers. That game actually seemed to sold out, sell out quickly. Tickets were kind of hard to come by. And the Diamondbacks fans showed up for that one. They showed up like with the intent, with the purpose of drowning out the Dodgers fans and being there to watch the Diamondbacks clinch. Now with the opportunity to potentially watch the Phillies maybe clinch in game four or maybe come here and and potentially steamroll the Diamondbacks like they did in game two, those tickets are not selling nearly as much. So there, there's concern if the Diamondbacks will have that home field advantage. The fans proved that they can come out and do it. It's just depending on if we'll see them continue to do it and they need to, right? Like this mm-hmm. team deserves the support. This team had an incredible season and an incredible run here in the playoffs. They are two seasons removed from being a hundred over a, over one hundred loss team, and you know they did it without spending a half a billion dollars on free agents the way that the Rangers did to overcome that those losses. Right, so it's it's like this team, Mike Hazen, everybody involved deserves to be applauded. Win, lose, or draw in this series, I know things don't look good. Ten nothing loss doesn't look great. This Phillies team, they've been here before. They have the experience. The Diamondbacks don't, and that right now seems to be the big difference. Also, the Diamondbacks just kind of, I I don't know if it, there's a lot of talk about them being the the Dodgers in the National League Division Series, and I give them full credit for that. I don't want to take anything away, but I do want to say that I do feel like uh, the, the Dodgers weren't, were getting too much credit for the team they were in the postseason versus the team they were at one point during the regular season. I felt like they were a much different team during the postseason, you know, and and they just they didn't have all the weapons that they had at one point. So uh, the Diamondbacks, I'm not to say there was like a undermanned team, but they, they took care of business in a way I didn't even imagine with with the way that uh, they came into the playoffs. This is impressive. This is different, though. And yeah. last night, you know, it sucks. I know a lot of Diamondbacks fans are disappointed, um, uh, but, you know, the the 
honest truth is is that this Phillies team is just tremendously good right now and they're just playing they excellent baseball yeah and and the, obviously the environment at citizens bank park is a huge factor uh, to that you know merrick kelly made some comments before his start that uh and some would say maybe you know he, he was trying to entice the crowd just a little bit like he should know a little bit better as, a, as someone who's kind of from that area just a little bit was at the 1996 all-star game at veteran stadium when he was Phil, a young Phillies kid. fans look for something to be mad about sure and i mean i will say that to be <laughs> honest it, like Talking about how loud the stadium is going to be and comparing it to another experience you had saying that that other experience was also loud. You expect it to be like that, but it's hard to imagine it being loud than people blowing horns inside of a dome stadium. Like it it almost felt like (laughs) science. He wasn't trying to insult fans. It was just like, yeah, I've been in a very, very loud environment before. I couldn't believe how loud it was in the WBC. Uh, But somehow that became a challenge uh, to Phillies fans. And I respect it. I respect the fact that they look for something to be angry about and look for a challenge to take on. They look for bulletin board material, and and he gave it to them. I mean, it was a fairly innocent comment, but it was just enough to get them fired up about you know making noise and, and bringing bring in their energy, and, and yeah. they absolutely did that. And I think there is like a science to it of like we're talking about country, right? Venezuela and the World Baseball Classic, yes. which is what yes. Kelly was referring to, yeah. and, and we see what those vibes are like and uh, what what Dominican Winter League and, and, and ball in Latin America in the wintertime, which Geraldo Perdomo said that it kind of felt like that at, at Chase Field in, in Game 3, which yeah, is the yeah. greatest compliment yeah. you could possibly give a, a fan base or, or the vibes at, at a stadium. So you got country, Venezuela, being able to see it in person for the World Baseball Classic, something that to, I think, a lot of American fans are like, well, it's not the Olympics. It's it's this new thing. It doesn't have this big history. It's it's whatever. We already won it. We took the gold medal. It's not as big of a moment as it is for everyone in the country of Venezuela, all of those players. And so that vibe is going to be on another level. And yeah, sure, Citizens Bank Park is as close as you could probably come yes. to being at an international event like that. So Kelly was fine, but not good enough. I'm, I'm curious, are you disappointed with how Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly have performed in these first two games, these first two losses for the Diamondbacks of the NLCS? I mean, I was a little disappointed in Zach Gallon's outing, but I was also impressed with after he absolutely got rocked and was in that environment, he was able to get things back on track. Just not locked in like we've seen him. Both of these guys have been very capable of doing that, bouncing back Mm -hmm. from giving up some home runs, bouncing back from having like a big inning by the opposition and still being able to give the team some length and and quality pitching. But really, uh, I I, I was not disappointed in Merrill Kelly's uh, start. In fact, I think that I was of the mindset they should have left him in for the remainder of that inning. And considering the way that things went in the sixth inning, it feels like any answer was better than bringing Joe Mantiply out and the the rest of the relievers that they came out with. Mm. I get it, though. Torrey has been doing that consistently uh, throughout the playoffs, and so far it's worked for him. So if it's worked, why would you go in a different direction? I think part of my criticism is that you know, they, they really didn't have Joe Mantiply lined up in a, in, for the, the following batters. That felt like a bad man, managerial move because you were putting all of your mm-hmm. all of your eggs in that basket of him getting right. that out. Right. Um, and also, uh, there's been better high end relievers that Tori has relied on. And I felt like that was a huge moment. That wasn't just, a, hey, there's one batter on and I don't feel comfortable with Brandon Fott being in here anymore. That was a, a big moment. And. It turned on him. The entire game turned on him. It was a 2 nothing game up to that point, and I felt like that's where everything went out of control. I mean. Yeah. You, you got to hold the score, keep yeah, it where it's at right. to have some kind of chance. Offense didn't do their job, right? But who knows no. how the offense would have reacted differently had that been a closer game. Seven Once you hits. start going down 5 nothing, 6 nothing, 7 nothing, 8 nothing, 9 nothing, 10 nothing. What you're I mean, in the dugout you're just you're you're demoralized and yes, yes. you just get to the point where you just want this game to be over now at this point you want to move on. You're already thinking about game three yourself probably at this point you're not focusing on your next at bat you're not focusing on winning this next inning you're just like man we got you know we got rocked here demoralized is definitely the word like that the the pop-up that dropped in front of evan longoria oh my god this, this was one that, way that was like <laughs> they might as well have just called the game at that point just, for, let's just call the game because this is over first time in like 45 postseason games that the diamondbacks have been shut out and yeah. it's a 10 nothing shutout but it felt closer to like a six nothing shutout and you're like who who cares? But but I think these things are important in a, in a sense. All right, you probably lost more like six nothing. But then to be fair, in game one it was five three. They had the tying run at the plate in game one on Monday, and yet 
you sort of go, that game was not as close no. as 5-3. That I was mean, closer to 7-2. to two. Both games felt like they were a million to zero. I mean, honestly. <laughs> okay. The crowd, the early home runs, like the Phillies were mostly doing their damage like they have all season with no runners on base and, and solo home runs. They, you know, getting some walks, getting some guys on and getting it that way. But uh, game two was different. Game two, they did that early on. Merrill Kelly kind of bounced back a little bit. And then they they just put it to the Diamondbacks. I mean, they put it to the entire bullpen, and it, it really didn't seem to matter who they put out there. Um, but honestly, I, I think that there is a time where you just got to tip your cap and say, the Phillies, they, they came close last year. They're hungry. They brought back the same roster, essentially, and made some small improvements to it mm-hmm. that have absolutely made them a better team. I mean, they're probably a better team than their record indicated as far as, you know, their season goes. But they were a team that was built for the playoffs. They're not a team that was necessarily built to go out there and win you 100 games during the regular season. But if they get here, they are by far the most dangerous team now two years in a row. They, they came up just short in the World Series last year. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't think the outlook looks good for the Diamondbacks. I don't think the outlook looks good for whoever makes it from the AL, to be honest. I think this Phillies team is just on an incredible roll. It's going to be really hard to win any games. They're undefeated at Citizens Bank Park, so it's going to be yeah. really hard to win any games against them there. And I just think that it's going to be uh, – it's they're, they're just – they're that team right now. They are that team. Yeah, we know that good pitching beats good hitting, and and Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola fantastic. great. You know, six shutout fantastic. innings last night for Aaron Nola. I don't no know walks. The, I don't no know walks. Like, like, and maybe that's part of it, right? Yeah. Like the no walks thing, but they weren't missing. Neither one of the guys were off. No. Zach Gallen admitted he was off. Merrill Kelly had it going pretty good, but obviously didn't have his best stuff. Uh, but they did. And that's the thing is, is, I mean, I don't know to blame the hitters for being impatient. I don't think that they could have been more patient at times because when they were, they were getting struck out. Uh, and I, I just think, yeah, look, those two guys were dialed in diamondbacks, you know, offense goes quiet as a whole at times. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, last night was an example of that. We, as fans of this team have watched them do that quite a bit. They, we watched them kind of, just oddly, like either everybody hits or nobody hits. Like the game against the Dodgers sure. where everybody got a home run in, in an inning. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like there's just times where this team collectively as a whole goes quiet. And, you know, the, that's that was the case at a really bad time in game two. Yeah, I think anyone watching that game, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you might need to feel a little bit better, feel a little bit warmer on the inside. Breckenridge bourbon is the way to go for that. It's the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos, widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash American-style whiskey. I wish I had one to give you right now. You can get it here in Arizona. Put it in your coffee. Yeah, you can you can get it in Arizona. You can get it in all 50 states. In fact, Apre Anywhere is their hashtag. They're actually giving away tickets to Broncos game, right? At the oh, end of the season against so. the Chargers. Yeah, all I got to do is uh, post something, a photo, your favorite Broncos photo to Instagram or Facebook. Use the hashtag, hashtag Broncos Bourbon by the end of November to get yourself into that. It's got fan voting. It's fantastic. We've got it at all of our Broncos tailgates. We got one coming up this Sunday, of course. All the, the watch parties we have at the bar. They've got some amazing Ricky Seltzers there, uh, the folks at Breckenridge Distillery. So check them out. Uh, they're doing it in a major way. Apre Anywhere with Breckenridge Distillery. Again, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. And we have partnered with Hero Bread, which is fantastic. I've had it. I had it here first in Phoenix before we got our shipment, I think. I love Hero in Bread. In Denver. I'm part of the bread club here at <laughs> HNX. Is it bread club or bread gang? I forget uh, it's, which. It's both. It's both, but it's bread, it's bread club for life. You know, it's <laughs> bread club for life. Uh, I, am a, I am such a bread eater that uh, I, I'm so glad this came into my life because you know, you hear these things, you hear how right. normal, especially normal white bread, nor- all the delicious breads, the ones <laughs> that we get at the table at the restaurant, how bad they are supposed to be for you. And I, I don't care. I can't, re- I can't stop eating them. I love bread and I need it to be like this. I need healthy bread and I need it to taste, uh, to fool my mind into tasting <laughs> exactly like the bread I know and love. For sure. Yeah. Go to hero.com for more of that. It, it's great. Cause you know, they, they have fewer calories than the leading national brand. Five to ten grams of protein per serving, which is great. Um, and besides sliced bread, too, you can also get buns, tortillas. It's available at hero.com. Yes, th- yeah. those were actually were especially like okay. I was surprised with yeah. how good yeah, they yeah. are. There's because no way I'm you so can picky. do that. I'm, it's I great. Hate, I, and I don't like corn tortillas. So I mean, I'm a big flour tortilla oh, guy, right? Okay. And like again, that's. 
it's a hard sell for me and they they nailed it with their tortillas they got killer recipes too on the sites and and besides the nutritional benefits i, I just love the the high fiber ultra low net carbs and and zero grams of sugar per slice so it's great hero bread is offering dnvr family 10 percent off their first order just go to hero.com and use our code dnvr to save on hero bread today that's h-e-r-o dot c-o to save 10 percent today so we talked briefly about with with Chase Field, thirteen dollar tickets. You know that thing where you land at the airport and there's a shuttle that can can take you to your airport. Oh yeah. Is there a chance that there could just be a shuttle going from Sky Harbor to Chase Field for Man. fans flying in from Philly? I, I I I would love that. I would think that we're getting that light, light rail is connecting all over the valley. So we're almost to that point. I don't know if it's there yet, but uh, in Seattle, actually, I love that because you can get off and ride the train from the airport directly to both sporting uh, mm-hmm. fields, you know, T-Mobile Field and Lumen, and get off right there and walk in and then, like, hi- hypothetically, just leave the game, get back on the train, get back on your airplane and go back where you came from. So uh, not quite yet, but uh, <laughs> Ubers and Lyfts in the Valley are still relatively cheap. So you'll That's be true. good. Yeah, super producer Jacob over there. The Faj, Father Overlord Jacob, we were talking before Correct. the show. What, it's like 250 to, was to get in through the front door? Last night, yeah, I think, I think it was two fifty minimum to get into the door, and it's fifteen. So a two hundred dollar round trip flight. If you can get one last minute, you you'll actually pay less I'm to fly sure in for the game. You can get a fifty nine dollar ticket uh, one way. Uh, That's insane. Yeah, and so none of the you know except except Jesse is not able to do that. He's got a connecting flight. I think in Pawnee, yeah, Indiana. No, is that it, where he's flying? Fairly, yeah, he's got a <laughs> meeting with Leslie Nope at noon before he flies in here. But yeah. Uh, Get here. Watch some games. Let's watch. I mean, we, we don't like I, I don't want to invite Phillies fans necessarily to come, but I'm also going to say uh, you guys have been delightful so far. Uh, not only do you tell us you like the show, but then you also tell us to go screw ourselves. So uh, <laughs> we, we welcome you here. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of home runs by the by the Phillies. Uh, Trey Turner got it started uh, on, on game two on Tuesday night. Kyle Schwarber, two home runs. Like they've had four multi-homer games this postseason. What are they going to do to poor Brandon Fott when they see him oh. in Game Three? I am terrified how that goes because Brandon Fott has been very good for the Diamondbacks at times, but when he's off, mm-hmm. especially when he's not hitting the edges, when he's not, uh, when he doesn't have his command, he just he throws center cut fastballs, which as we've seen so far. Do not have a positive result. They're the worst kinds of cut fastballs yeah, possible. Yeah, it's the, possibly yes. the worst kind of cut fastball that you could throw. That's bad. Yeah, Codify does a great job on on social media. They they took the entire like Phillies roster or a couple couple guys and you know cast them as you do and, and swapped out a couple faces. It's it's fitting that the the face off works because Matt Strom. I don't know if you saw this. I think you did. Nick Cage. They swapped out his face. Looked oh, yeah. like Nick Cage, and you go. Oh, that's not his real face? Uh, okay. Yeah. Nick Castellanos as John Bernthal, which yeah. if you don't know the name, if you saw his face, you'd recognize him from a lot of different things. Bryce Harper, Bradley Cooper. Nailed it. Nailed it. And yeah. then they kind of did Kyle Schwarber dirty. They swapped his face out for Jack Black. <laughs> kind of did him dirty a Why little. Why do we have to no? do that to this man? Hey, I love Jack Black, this? by the way. I do, too. I, I do mean, too. I was Tenacious Kevin, D in High Fidelity from day one. I'm just saying Kevin James was right there this whole time, and he's very <laughs> popular lately with that meme, so why not? I'm just oh, saying. Oh, man. That's that's wild. Ranger Suarez going for the Phillies in game two on Thursday afternoon. Rangers also doing the Phillies thing. They're up yep. 2-0. They're unstoppable. They've won their first seven games of this postseason, tied for second longest streak with Houston last year, Atlanta in 2020, the 1976 Reds, the big red machine from Cincinnati. That was the entire postseason. It was just the league championship series and then World Series. So they ran it. And another team that won their first seven games of the postseason, the 2007 Colorado Rockies. Oh, you remember that? I remember that team. You remember we that? Talked, we talked you... a lot about that team lately. Oh, man. <laughs> You're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're a Rocky <laughs> show, so we got to have the connective tissue. we got to be talking more Rockies, of I course. Get I get it. It's it's their offseason, but not everyone's offseason. Hey. I That's mean, it. this has been a magical ride. I have no idea what's going on still for this Diamondbacks team. I mean, uh, again, we understand what it's like to be a hundred loss team. And yeah. I, 
never imagined that the rebound would be that quickly, you know, right? and I know you guys have suffered your first hundred loss season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it, it's at least encouraging because of the fact that I think both of our franchises are going to have to do it through young players. And mm-hmm. you guys have some incredible young players, including a guy that is most likely going to win that gold glove for center field. Yeah, great point, Brendan Doyle. He is a finalist for the Gold Glove Award, uh, Rawlings Gold Glove Award finalist in center field, along with your boy, Alec Thomas. Our young king. And Michael Harris II, who this is only his second year, so yeah. got a good young crop in center field yeah, right there's now. There's some great young players in baseball, and that's what's really exciting about it. And these teams need to do the thing that the Braves did, and they need to extend this core that they're building. I think you guys have a good young core to build around. I think the Diamondbacks have really established that, especially with that trade that brought Gabriel Moreno over so another, you know, another uh, gold glove finalist. And I mean, it, that's that's what it's about is is it's about trying to keep these young guys here for, for the long term and, and have them play their career. That's something that I've known about the Rockies is that people, players love to stay there. Even even when they are a very, very good player and the team around them isn't, they stay there for a long time. And it's always felt like you guys have always had somebody on your team like that. I feel like Charlie Blackman is that guy, you know, oh, for, for sure. Guys, you know? Yeah, no, he, he is. He'll be back for obviously one more year. Ryan McMahon's locked up. I mean, the three three starting pitchers in Senzatella, Marquez and, and Freeland. Uh, that's the case. And I, I feel it, it does feel like when you hit 100 losses, it's like you, you've reached a bottom. And sometimes that you could stay on that bottom for a couple of years. We saw the Orioles do that. That also was Part of their plan, similar to the Cubs, yeah. similar to the Astros in the early 2010s, the plan was to tank to be bad in order to get all of the the young guys together up at the exact same time. Put all your resources in for a specific you know time frame for that window of opportunity. So you have the best shot at winning a championship, not just going to the postseason once or twice, but multiple times. Exactly. Rockies aren't exactly... Doing that, they haven't exactly done that. Doesn't mean they might not lose 100 games next year. Uh, this will be an interesting offseason towards kind of maybe bridging that gap. But look, Orioles, Rangers, Diamondbacks lost 100 games. More than that in 2021, two years later than in the postseason. That does provide a little bit of uh, of hope. Max Scherzer, hopeful? I don't, I'm a little, he's a little suspect right now. Max Scherzer is going to be starting tonight. Uh, after being on the IL and, and missing some time, he's starting against the Astros' Christian Javier. It's crazy that the last ALCS game played in Arlington, October of 2012, was also started by Max Scherzer. Now, he was a member of the Tigers at the time, <laughs> but still, yeah. he's slated to go about 65, 70 pitches. Maybe he could end up going more. But It's going to be interesting to see how he, how he bounces back. I mean, having yeah. your first game back be at this high of a level, at least this team has a, you know, has a decent lead in great the cushion. series, right? It's a great time to have him come back. Obviously, you're going to need him going forward if he's available. It's just baseball is weird. This discussion about layoffs has been kind of odd. Right. It's, it's been used, I think, as an excuse. I think it's been used as a thing to blame MLB for the way the postseason is set up. It's just a fact of life. I mean, you know, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies had about the same amount of time off, but the Diamondbacks right. look like a team much like the Braves and the Dodgers did that had too much time off where the Phillies uh, did not look like they missed a beat. I, I thought it was critical for the Diamondbacks for them not to have any time off. So I can only imagine being a player that's been injured or whatever. And, you know, you're only you're you're, you're what doing simulated simulated back lot games. You're doing, you mm-hmm. know, uh, some some things like that. I don't uh, imagine maybe, you know, it's you can't even go get a start in like a triple A game right now. With, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, go to Arizona Fall League, right? Maybe. You go to Fall League, yeah. Show up at Fall League. I'm just sure they'll let you pay. Just oh, getting yeah, dominated. Just, my shirts are just for three and a half <laughs> innings. But uh yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. The Rangers team, like I said, they're different. They uh they they spent their way out of the situation. It seemed like it wasn't going to go the way that it it did. You know, it seemed like it was going to go the way that it did, right. did for these other teams that spent a whole lot of money this past offseason. But uh, they they stuck with the plan. Unlike the Mets, who completely seemed to just like Oof. just blow that up and and figure that they'll start over next year or whatever. But uh, the Rangers stuck with it and it paid off for them. That team has become very good. Mm-hmm. What I like about the Rangers so much is that so many of the guys that are contributing. The most are aren't those, you know, the big, big, big name players are as well, but mm-hmm. they're getting some key contributions from guys that have just been a part of their organization or like Nathan Avaldi, who became one of the best pitchers in the league uh, for them. And that he's was great. He's absolutely outstanding.
Big game, Nate. Yeah, he's great. Uh, John Gray available out of the bullpen for them. Well, that's the thing is like, yeah, does you know if maybe if Scherzer gets the uh, gets the win here and they go up three zero, maybe you give John Gray a start. Uh, you know, depending on how long Scherzer goes, maybe you piggyback that. Yeah, John Gray, uh, John Gray active for uh, for the series here. Former Rocky guy there who. Um, I was waiting for you to bring up the the wild card game in 2017 and John Gray uh, since he made that start. I appreciate you not you th- you're taking the high road here. I appreciate that. Appreciate Stephen jumping into our chat and make sure that uh, even if you're not able to watch us live each and every day, we're about 12 o'clock. That's what we've been doing these days at noon. Susie's got her show later in the afternoon. Noon's on Friday, um, but you can still go in, leave some comments on our YouTube feed. Do the same thing uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a review on that. We love and appreciate that in a major way. Jump into that chat on YouTube if you're here. We want to hear what you've got to say. And we want to let you know that FOCO is the leading makers of overalls that are everywhere. Everybody has overalls except us. I need we don't. We don't have. Why them. don't we have overalls? I, we should use code DNBR. We'd get ten percent off on those. I would get the CU Buffs one. Did you personally. see how many overalls Jamie or how many beers Jamie Lynch fit yes. into his overalls? It was incredible. I didn't know it could carry a twelve pack in those things. Are they Very insulated? Handy. Can I put ice in them as well? Give me, give me. I, I just. <laughs> I think I'd look good in overalls after seeing the Phillies celebrate. During uh, their clubhouse thing, I, I think it, I need some. And it's like an easy like Halloween costume. I don't know what you are, but if you wear them, you're like, oh, you're just in the mood. It's like yeah. festive. Yeah. Just get the overalls. They're great. They, my, they've got them for tons of teams. Speaking of easy Halloween costumes, uh, my daughter told me today that I looked like Bob from Bob's Burgers with this mustache and no hat Yes, on. you do kind of. And that's I can't get that out of my head. So white T-shirt, jeans, apron, boom, I got my costume. I'm good. But yeah, wow. we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. I don't I don't think your wife looks like Linda very much, no, though. You know? No, she doesn't have that haircut. But I'll tell you, Foco, <laughs> uh, they have a lot of stuff that might help you uh, definitely uh, get yourself ready for Halloween. They also have the bobbleheads, which are little tiny works of art, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they are Peanuts numbered. bobbleheads. Not Bob's Burger, unfortunately. Yeah, no, but they actual, have some good peanuts, Snoopy, Charlie Brown. Get, well, most importantly, they have your teams. They have your players. They, they have your guys. I bet if you go on there, all of these guys we're talking about that don't get enough recognition, like Ryan McMahon, I bet they have some sort of limited edition bobblehead of him. Uh, and that's the that's the thing. They're numbered on the bottom. You really do feel like you got yourself a little tiny uh, special work of art. It's very cool. Yeah. Use code DNVR when you go to foco.com for that 10% off all non pre-sale items. And we've been talking about game time and, and those cheap tickets. Look, it's I've been using them for a decade. My first show at Red Rocks, I actually used game time tickets. It was yes. right before the event, uh, which is probably the best part. Besides the fact that you can get the all-in price and not worry about how much you know the, the, the fees are going to be because game time doesn't do it like that. But if you wait closer to the start of the event, so if you're just hanging out downtown, mm-hmm. same thing for anyone in the Phoenix area or if you want to come down, we're, we're talking Nuggets, Ball Arena, Avs, and you're just, you're just doing the bar hop thing or you're at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York, you just keep looking on your phone. Three hours out, two hours out. Whoa, the prices are starting to dip because some of those scalpers or people who can't go to games lower their prices and game time allows you to get you know, uh, better deals, 60% off the face value. We're talking last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals as well. And that's when you use code DNVR. Terms apply. Again, create an account and just redeem code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed is how that's pronounced. The Albuquerque Isotopes, Rockies News alert, Albuquerque Isotopes have been sold. Whoa. Diamond Baseball Holdings have purchased the Albuquerque Isotopes that went down on Tuesday. It's woe, but it's also no. Everything's going to be the same. Same folks in uh, in charge. Current president and owner Ken Young is going to remain with the club in an advisory capacity, but uh, GM, John Traub, his job is safe. Joe Traub, Joe, your job is safe, buddy. Michael, uh, down in, in, in merchandise, our dads went to high school together. A lot of connective uh, tissues here when it comes to the Albuquerque Isotopes, but things are going to stay the same. Diamond Baseball Holdings, they own... 17% of all minor league teams. They leave everybody in place. They buy a team. They they leave everybody in place. And there's like, we kind of just want the profits. We kind of want to streamline things just a little bit. But uh, they they own a lot of minor league teams. It's, it's changing just a little bit how uh, the business of the minor leagues is going. Because frankly, it is a business. Any concerns with that? Or do you think that that is one of those things that could make the minor leagues better? Because let's be honest, hmm. the minor leagues really at times pay incredibly low wages uh, and that just doesn't just go to the players too right. that goes to staff 
And and especially like a, a team like the Albuquerque Isotopes, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like the Diamondbacks, Emerald Assad Poodles, or the Reno Aces, right? Yeah. These are on city in cities where even though they are a minor league, you know, team, and the purpose is to develop young mm-hmm. players and get them onto the main main club, they are a valuable valuable asset in the cities that they're in. People love going to those games. They're fans of those teams. They buy the merchandise. They support the players. You know, all of that kind of stuff. So, it's it's important to realize that. It's not just part of the major league machine. You are your own franchise. You are your own thing. And it needs, if, if I've seen minor league teams ran successfully when it comes to that. And I've seen some that look like they're a step above a, a high school baseball team. So, yeah. I mean, it's all depending on, on what you put into it. You know what I mean? I think right now, yeah, I think, I think right now they're, they're just kind of holding fort uh, DBH with, with all their, all their various teams that they own, but I, sure. I think they're going to maybe try to streamline things just a little bit and could eventually, again, this is just my my hypothesis, it could eventually lead to some people losing their jobs if they're able to streamline some yeah. things and just say, hey, look, this is just kind of boilerplate. We do a Harry Potter night, we do this, uh, we're doing the Star Wars, and we that, just have one person orchestrating all the different jerseys and yeah. getting them sent out rather than there being one person at each team. And they, could, that, still, they could still do that for a team-by-team basis right. and have it not be so generic because i think that's where it loses its appeal right like i like the fact that they do these nights that are special to the communities that they're in and it needs to be like that some of the stuff that even major league clubs do that are kind of boilerplate across all teams you know like star wars night it's lost its allure right i love star wars and it has (laughs) lost its allure every team does it it's some night oh yep here comes the stormtroopers and darth vader with the umpire bit we know it's like it's the same thing right yeah exactly so you got (laughs) you got to mix it up in order for people to stay interested and in order for those nights to maintain you know uh, as a draw status right but like yeah i I definitely could see uh when it comes to like owning multiple teams like that how you could streamline some things but again maybe that helps to make it more profitable overall maybe that helps for you know the the franchises to be ran you know better it's just the the idea that they're keeping everybody in place to run it the way the teams are being run is a very good sign because that's as it should be instead of like in a very corporate you know standard way across all the teams they own Things are just getting smaller in general in minor league baseball. You know, we shrunk, we we lost 43 minor league teams. So there's only 120 now in the minors. So they they got rid of the short season leagues. So that's less jobs there. Uh, Obviously, all of those markets, you know, became, you know, independent baseball teams, partner league teams, summer collegiate teams. Yeah, a lot of them have actually become together and became their own league and stuff. And honestly, like, look at the Savannah Bananas. I don't even understand how they became what they became, but they just played a game. uh, They were were inducted into Cooperstown and they played a game. at, at the hall double of, day hall double of, day field double day field yeah. right so it's like that's got to be an incredible feeling for that franchise considering that they're like just this weird hybrid of like Harlem globetrotters of baseball uh, baseball Jinx. right yeah <laughs> but i mean it's it's absolute like i've never seen tickets for a baseball event sell out as fast as they did when those guys came into town and i mean again it's i know they're different i know they're a unique thing but right. it just goes to show that if you Make it fun. If you make it different, especially as a minor league team or an independent team or whatever, people will come out. People will watch it. It's fun. And especially if you do it in those communities that don't have a major sports franchise. You know, The Bananas are coming to Albuquerque. I believe they're going to, to Hartford. And they are most definitely going to be playing a game at Fenway Park. They have eight. What? Eight games in, at Major League Baseball stadiums scheduled for 2024. Oh, my God. Eight games. Unfortunately, Chase Field is not one of them, but no. uh, keep an eye out for them coming to a city near you. Gerardo, RIP, Colorado Sky Sox. Yeah, so the the Sky Sox went from the top rung of the minor league ladder mm. in 2018. I got to remember my math. All the way down to the bottom rung of the of the minor league ladder in, in 2019, where they were a short season ball team, so they only played for like two months, to then, with the pandemic, gone. So literally in like a, just over a year. That's why. Triple A to you you don't you don't really exist, right? So, of course they rebranded as the Rocky Mountain Vibes, but it's Colorado Springs was a triple A city and now it's just a city that happens to have independent professional baseball now. Colorado it's Vibes sad. is a they got they got a good logo though. They are. I'm seeing good. Hat. The Guy Fieri? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's good news that everything's gonna kinda stay the same in Albuquerque, a uh, place where they've they've drawn eleven million fans since their uh inception in, in, in two thousand three. And I, I know you know that they're 
their their name comes from the Simpsons. I'm sure you would you would love that. Uh, it's 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 they're a great organization from Absolutely. top to bottom. They're great. Also great Breck Brew Broncos Country. They got all their ingredients from from right in Colorado. The North Fork Valley is where they get their high wire hops. We're talking a citrus hop aroma. Local malts that provide a light malty backbone that finishes clean and dry compared to other beers. Look. Broncos Country Brick Brew. That's the spot. That's uh, that's the beer to, to, to get. You can get it at a lot of different spots. If you're not sure where, go to brickbrew.com to find a Breck Brew near you. It's what we got at the bar. It's what we got at all our tailgates. Absolutely fantastic. The official beer, 100% renewable energy. That's what it's made with. The official beer of DNVR. Breck Brew, Broncos Country. Let's get into some uh, a little bit of uh, Mad Libs, so to speak. That's not the right word. Miscellaneous. Trevor May, you heard his comments on Twitch. You hanging out on Twitch for baseball content? I am not hanging out on Twitch for baseball content. That's no. okay. What, what did he say? Was he playing a video game while he said this, or was he just doing it? I don't interview? think so. Oh. I don't. Yeah, he was just kind of hanging out. Yeah. So he See, uh, <laughs> shows how old I am. I, like someone told me there were just shows on Twitch. I said I, I. I thought people played video games on there. I thought that's what its purpose was. I, it may be evolving. Yeah. Uh, it may be evolving just a little bit. But you got to do everything these days. You got to have everything you gotta. on your content. Yeah, he's uh, doing some really good work with MLB Network Radio on 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 Sirius XM. Uh, he's he's great with that. He pitched with the A's this past year. Just announced his retirements. Just announced his retirement and went all in on the Oakland A's owner. He said, "You know, I I, had a, I loved everybody in Oakland, except one." guy and here's what he had to say about john fisher owner of the oakland athletics sell the team dude sell it man let someone who actually like takes pride in the things they own own something there's actually people who give a s i know we don't have a swear jar here like the phnx diamondbacks podcast but who give a s about the game let them do it take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else dork oh the dork. trevor may going in on a's dork. owner yeah john fisher well, I mean, this is the same <laughs> man uh, that gave Miguel Cabrera like a bottle of wine. I think that costs like fifty bucks. And Miguel Cabrera, football. yeah, Miguel Cabrera for like Ooh. his like retirement gift thing. Like, I mean, I know you guys are kind of going through this too, where you just feel like the owner doesn't want to own a baseball team for the right reasons. And I, I don't know what's you know what to say about Oakland. It's it's disappointing. I can only imagine what it is like to be an Oakland sports fan in general and just watching all of your teams get plucked one by one to go to Las Vegas. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it sucks. It definitely sucks. I think that there are owners that own the teams for the wrong reasons. And then you have owners that come in and just make you feel different about them. We had that with the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia. I mean, he is the man. And I mean, he's, he's not even really done much in his time here as far as his track record and owning the team because it's been such a short amount of time but somehow him owning the franchise that you love it feels like it's owned by someone that loves it as much as you do and you want that and you want them to love it in a way where they want it to succeed they want to put everything into it and make this team a winner and uh you know it's it's it just sucks when you're on the other end of it and basically you're a fan of a team that has as much history as the Oakland A's do mm -hmm. and you're just kind of watching it die before your eyes you know you're just watching it slowly so you know you you hear the reports you know the rumors you know everything that's going on uh they don't seem to be shying away from denying any of that happening and so it's like just a matter of time of waiting for the team that generations of your family have grown up loving is yeah. going to be pulled away from you. you yeah, that, that's very sad. And and that's kind of like juxtaposed just kind of nicely with uh, what John Middleton, owner of the Philadelphia Phillies, said uh, at the beginning of this year. He said, quote, how much money did the 1927 Yankees make or the 29 A's or the 75, 76 big red machine? Does anybody know? Does anybody care? Nobody knows or cares whether any of them made any money or not. And nobody cares about whether I make money or not. If my legacy is that I didn't lose money owning a baseball team on an annual operating basis, that's a pretty sad legacy. It's about putting trophies in yeah. cases. Yeah. Wow, that's what you want from your owner. That's our, what you want to hear. Our owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Ken Kendrick, gets a lot of flack, right? Because, again, nobody knows, right? You have no idea. Yeah. But I, he, he earnestly said one day that every dime that they make out of this team, they put back into this team. I believe and he that. said it in such a way that wasn't like it didn't feel like a fabrication. It felt like he was being 100% you know, honest and, and open about it. Right. But you also look at a uh, team like the diamondbacks on a Monday night or a Wednesday night, right? Rough. 
it's rough at Chase Field. It is not sold out. It is not filled to capacity. These players have talked a lot about seeing the stadium look like it does during these playoffs, and they yearn for that. What they would give for it to be like that more than just on a bobblehead night or on a playoff <laughs> game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want it to be like that on a Monday. They would love it to be like that on a Friday night just for a big marquee matchup between them and, and another big team in the league. But it's just not like that. So when the Diamondbacks say they don't have the money to put into the players, there's a there there is a reflection of that based on popularity of the team and ticket sales in the stadium. Right. But can you really say that for the Colorado Rockies when you guys have as many people attending games as you do constantly? Because I know that's been a point of contention for your fan base where they've even like tried to urge people to stop going to the game so that they show the owners that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I guess that dissatisfaction with the direction that the team has gone. For sure. It's it's recession proof is pretty much kind of like how, how I've described it. Yeah. You know, I know there are, there are people moving to Colorado in, in the same droves that's been like the last decade, but even still because it being a transplant city and because Coors Field is so beautiful and and uh, all the 300 plus days of sun that we get and not the 300 plus days of 95 degree temperatures yeah, like, like in night, Phoenix. Nightmarish different. sun like we have here. Yeah, no. very The very environment good. is trying to kill you. Every time I step out of my car here and it's not like, you know, January 5th for yeah. those like couple days yeah. where it's like, oh, this is pleasant. It's it's scary, yeah. um, but that's not the case in in Colorado. That's so. why that's why Phillies fans can't hurt me. The sun <laughs> they they can't try to do nearly as much damage to me as the sun is already. There doing. will be a lot of red uh, in Chase Field. There more more for Game Three, partially because anyone from Philly that came out here to hang out uh, for 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 Game Three is just going to be beat red. Just like sunburnt, yeah, yeah. and then game four, yeah. they're just not going to have a jersey on, and they're just going to be enjoying the air conditioning sunburnt, and that's what's that's what you're going to see. Not a lot of sun at Chase Field, but I will no. warn you, game three is at 2.07, and if they have that roof open, uh, good luck. Oh. Bring some sunburn uh, or sun, 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 suntan lotion. <laughs> no, you said block. it right. You said it right. Bring, Bring some, some sunburn. sunburn. Yeah. Uh, when you stop uh, at the CVS on your way to the hotel room to get water like you should as a smart traveler, uh, get, some, get some aloe vera lotion while you're there just for later because you're going to need it. Quick dance around the NL West. Uh, managerial shuffle kind of going on a little bit. Now, Giants? They need a manager, straight up. Padres may want to change with uh, with Bob Melvin. In fact, Giants would, would like to have Bob Melvin. Dodgers <laughs> don't seem like they can win a postseason game with Dave Roberts. I think he'll be back. Andrew Friedman said as much. Rockies just lost 103 games. Do they want to change in culture? How secure is Bud Black's job? He only has one year left. And then you've got Tori Lovello. Job security. Mm-hmm. Job security for Tori. Extend that man. Extend that man. They extended Mike Hazen, extend Tori Lovolo. Not only does he deserve it, but the coaching staff deserves it. They've done Mm -hmm. an excellent job with the young talent. As far as the rest of the NL West goes, yeah, I mean, I still love Bob Melvin. We still have connections to Bob Melvin. I still think he's a great coach. But I I, I do say that Bob Melvin has been given the keys to some really good teams at times and really hasn't been able Mm. to get the job done. I will say if he becomes available, I would not be surprised to see any of the other teams, including the Dodgers, snatch him up because mm. Bob Melvin is well-respected in the game, and I, I just can't see him staying unemployed if that's the case. But that Padres team, you got to be disappointed with the outcome there. You know what I mean? Like, you can say what you will about the rest of the teams in the NL West, but I, I really do feel like everybody either did as expected. I mean, the Rockies didn't have much expectations for this year. I know the Diamondbacks definitely didn't expect to do any of the stuff they did, but you know, Dodgers finishing where they did, Giants finishing where they did. Like, it, it's odd, but it really just feels like the Padres were the biggest, like, disappointment in, in the NL West. Yeah, no, that was that was really bad. Uh, uh, baseball is back in the Olympics. 2028 games, Los Angeles. They they approved it. Baseball and softball is coming back. Also, and, and squash. Flag football. Cricket, lacrosse, and yeah, flag football. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, why not? that's interesting. I mean, we get flag football. I mean, actually, I mean, it's just weird. It's just f- football. No, it's flag football. Um, but we, we get it. We understand that. Is Are there any Olympic sports that are just so strange that you either you just don't get it or you're like, why? why? do we need 17 different running competitions? And you're a runner. Careful. You're no, a runner. Yeah, I know I, you're like, saying. Yeah, why you're do we right. Need a sprint of different yardage eh. and then also a long distance sprint and then a marathon. Like, get out of here with all of that running. Nobody wants to watch that much running. I want to see people play lacrosse. I definitely want to see people play flag football. Yeah. And who is the U.S. sending out there? 
I mean, are we getting NFL players to play on the U.S. flag football team? Because that seems safe. Are they going to do like a combine and maybe people that play like Ultimate Frisbee will be able to join since they've got some experience? It could be very entertaining. I mean, I'm, I'm just with all of this. I'm with the Olympics being weird and I'm, a lo- I'm with it being fun. You know what I mean? There's a lot of competitions. And honestly, when you look across sports, all of this stuff, like you'll, you'll find some league or something that takes it very seriously and has people competing at a high level. I mean, I'm still amazed by video game tournaments and how they can sell out an arena for Street Fighter, two guys playing Street Fighter, let alone, you know, some of these sporting events that they're adding. So I'm with it. I think any of the uh, equestrian events are strange, like people on horses doing dances or going through an obstacle course. I mean, if we're doing that, we might as well just have like the Westminster dog show, dog show. for the Olympics. How long until we get a gold medal to a dog? U.S. won with a golden retriever. I am going. Go. I am with it. I am for that. I mean, I don't know. Agility Why competitions, uh, something. I saw the most incredible, incredibly <laughs> overproduced commercial for like, I think, ringworm pills for your dog the other day. It was a dog <laughs> fighting all of these diseases off. Um, but yes, I need dogs in the Olympics. So in whatever capacity we can get more dogs in the Olympics, I'm down for it. Less running, more dogs. Yeah, that's a, ironically. It's, it's a key to my heart. Can we get curling in there during the summer too? I know it's a winter sport, but curling should just... I'd be okay with that. We need a curling league in the United States. It's one of the greatest sports that ever existed. Also, the biathlon is kind of strange. It's like, okay, you're, you're doing some cross-country skiing, and then all of a sudden, you have a gun. Shooting. You got a gun. Yeah, yeah. What? How? Why? What's more American than that? Just I don't know. randomly having to pull out your firearm and shoot it. That is kind of American. It really, yeah, it really is. It in, really a, is. in a very, very strange way. <laughs> well, in a very strange way, we, we still have a couple more of these shows to do uh, this week. You and I are going to be doing some more We're shows. We're doing all sorts of shows. We're just, we just live here now. PHNX Diamondbacks and uh, the PHNX Sports Channel on YouTube is is where you can you can get more of that D-back stuff. If you're watching and kind of pulling for the, the NL West kind of stuff. You um, Derek, let, let folks know where they can uh, find all your, your wonderful content. Uh, you can get me a cap underscore caveman with a K. That's where I will be hiding from Jonathan Papelbon. But in the meantime, you can also find our show at PHNX underscore D-backs. And of course, all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on all social media. We're having fun on the Twitter side of things. I'm not, I don't know how to say X. I know I just said it, but I don't know how don't to. Do don't. The X. Don't give in. Don't do it. It's just Twitter. call it Twitter. Twitter.com. It still takes you If there. we all, yeah, if we all band together and refuse to call it X, then it's never X. It's just no. always Twitter. We're on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. Having fun talking Rocky stuff and postseason as well as always uh, at Patrick D. Lyons is where I can be found. And this has been wondrous. And I appreciate the momentum. You've given us just as much momentum as you gave foul territory. I think that's how they were able to get David Ortiz on their show today. It was because of what you were able to do. What kind downgrade. of what a downgrade. <laughs> I need a David Ortiz. I don't it's know what's true. happening over there. You're you're the you're the huge poppy. What's bigger than Big Poppy? Who would you be? Who would grimace with the way I'm dressed today? I don't know. <laughs> Grim poppy. <laughs> Grim poppy. <laughs> that's you. No, but you gave us a lot of momentum, um, and and unfortunately. As we say in the baseball podcast world, that momentum is only as good as the next show. But of course, it's going to be a good one because Susie's coming back as she does each and every Thursday. I'm every Monday and Wednesday. That's how we do things. Appreciate you joining us. Tune in tomorrow. DNVR Sports Channel live on YouTube.